we kind of try to focus on ourselves and kind of drown out all the noise, the outside noise, because if you're constantly trying to keep up with the Joneses or whoever you're trying to keep up yeah. with, it's like you're going to drown, man, because somebody's always going to have something better, bigger, cooler, classier, whatever it may be. We just focus on ourselves and kind of drown out all the like fashion noise and nonsense that kind of happens. World, world, yeah, oyster. What's up, everybody? You're listening to World's Your Oyster, the show that unlocks the limitless possibilities of the world. And I'm your host, Paula Sanders. And today, we have a very exciting guest co-host joining us. None other than the style icon himself, Mr. I.G. Okafor. Hailing from Nigeria and now based in the vibrant city of New York, IG has redefined the fashion landscape with his unmatched sense of style and cultural fashion. His impeccable taste and meticulous attention to detail have made him a true trendsetter and a trusted voice in the industry. But IG's influence goes far beyond fashion. He is a beacon of inspiration, using his platform to celebrate diversity, uplift emerging talents, and champion the power of cultural expression. Every man wants to be him, every woman wants to be seen with him, and I am just excited to sit next to him today. IG, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm feeling so good. We, Me we're too. working backwards today. So we just recorded an episode already. And I will say, like, what a collab, right? It really, it really was so nice. And I think we worked well together. Yeah. And Nina was so amazing to talk to. And I know. very real, you know? Super real. Super real. So you'll have to stay tuned for that because it's coming up right after this. Um, but while I have you, I mean, I already told everybody who you were in the intro, but let's do that pearl in your oyster. What happened to you this week, babe? Uh, oh my gosh, what didn't happen to me? I feel like I celebrated my birthday last week. So coming off of that, I... Did I say happy birthday? I don't think I did. Oh, I didn't no, know. it's okay. I <laughs> I also didn't announce this. You so. did not announce no, 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 it. You did no, not no. see it on Instagram. Happy no. birthday. Thank you. 29. Oh, my God. Wow, yeah. you're so old. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> as long as I look at 29. 29. Oh, my God. No wonder that skin is on yeah. fleek. Oh, thank you. Thank you. How was the week for you? Oh, my week, honestly, it was a blur. I really don't remember it. Okay. I feel like that has been happening these days just with getting through the week. I don't know if it's New York. I don't know if it's working in a fast-paced city. I, but they just go. Honestly, I really cannot tell you one thing that happened to me. I am preparing for a trip to St. Bart's. So that's yeah. all I can think about. Very nice. Very I'm exciting. leaving on Sunday. So not tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. So that's been like my main focus this week is to just try to get ready for that trip because I really... I want to be present as we were just discussing yeah. both on air and off air. Um, I want to take this time. I'm going away. I'm going to St. Bart's. It's like my first trip since the new year, honestly. And since I've returned back from my trip at New Year's, I started the podcast and I have not had a single ounce of a second for myself. So I promised my husband that on this trip, I was, I'm literally not going to be on my phone. I'm not going to do anything. So yeah. I had a lot of preparation to get to this moment, along with, you know, a long day of <laughs> shooting podcasts. Yeah, um, very hardworking. Yes. So 
That is really, truly like the pearl in my oyster this week is just preparing for this moment of solace that is headed my way. Okay. And also, you know, the content and all of the bikini uh, thirst traps that I'm going <laughs> to post on Instagram. We're, we're, we're excited. Your husband is excited. <laughs> yes. And we can't wait. Exactly. <laughs> you look exactly. amazing. Well, so. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, it, it's a Peloton. Um, well... Thank you so much for coming and being Thank with me so today. Thank you so much for having me. It was me. really so fun. We're definitely doing this again. So I look forward to it. Everybody, stay tuned and yes. listen to Lena's episode because it's pretty damn good. If I do say so very, myself, some very great gems that she tells us and talks to us about. It's very real. She doesn't get any more PR than this, or not PR rather. P- what PR? PC? Doesn't get any more not PR than not this. Not PR, exactly. Yes, and uh, <laughs> you'll find it very entertaining. It's very empowering. See you later. See you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Today, we have the pleasure of introducing you to Lena Baranofsky. Lena is a powerhouse in the fashion industry, serving as the partner and chief operating officer of Hunting Season. With her keen business acumen and creative vision, Lena has played a pivotal role in establishing Hunting Season as a renowned luxury accessories brand. Her leadership and strategic mindset have propelled the company to new heights, capturing the attention of fashion enthusiasts and industry insiders alike. As partner and COO, Lena oversees various aspects of the brand's operations, ensuring the highest standards of quality, craftsmanship, and innovation. Her unwavering commitment to excellence has cemented Hunting Season's reputation as a go-to destination for elegant, timeless accessories. Lena's journey in the fashion world is a testament to her relentless drive and expertise. Prior to joining Hunting Season, she honed her skills at esteemed fashion houses, gaining invaluable experiences in the ever-evolving landscape of luxury fashion. Join us as we delve into Lena's inspiring story where she shares her role at Hunting Season, the challenges and the triumphs of the fashion industry, and her vision for the brand's future. Lena, welcome to World's Your Oyster. Thank you. How fun. I know. This is fun. I'm not going to lie, guys. We had a little technical difficulty. So we're doing some of this again, but it's okay because now we're all warmed up. But um, we're so excited to be here with Lena and Mr. IG. So excited to be here. I've been dying to get him on the show for a while too. So I said, you know what? Just come in on, come on as my co-host. And Anytime. Then, yeah, and then we're gonna do a full episode on you because oh. he's got a good story to tell as well. But today we're here for Lena, and I'm very excited to share your story with our listeners because it's a really interesting one and one that deserves to be heard. So. Let's just start from the top and would love to learn and understand how you got into fashion because from what I understand, it actually wasn't just a straight road there. No, it was not. It was a curvy road there. (laughs) (laughs) So I studied finance in school and... um, just like everybody else, went and hoping for a finance job and ended up at an insurance broker company actually down the street from here called Willis. Um, and I worked in their insurance brokerage department. Boring. Um, <laughs> very quickly realized that, oh my God, the office life is not for me. Um, so I, you know, was trying to kind of find my way into fashion, which I've always loved and always been um, kind of gravitated towards. But 
It was not an easy kind of, it's not, it wasn't easy to get into that door. So I um, one day was shopping at Intermix and um, happened to meet the owner there. And we just started chatting and I kind of told him about my desire to be in the industry. And he told me to come in for an interview the next day. So I rushed around. Fast track. Yeah, fast track. Looked for an outfit to wear that might impress them. Um, ended up with a Diane von Furstenberg wrap dress. If you, I'm sure everybody knows those. What a time. What a time. Yes. What a time. Iconic. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I came into the store for an interview and he was like, okay, walk around the this, this store and style like 10 outfits. And I was like, oh, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but I guess I did good enough that I got the job and the job was at Madison Avenue to be their stylist um, for some of their top clients. And I kind of started to build my own book of business there. Um, and really learned so much about the wholesale and retail side of the business. Um, I would travel to Paris with them. I would go to the shows. I would go to the showrooms. I would really have an inside look on how buyers did their buy, how um, you know every, the planners plan their budgets, um, and what they would invest into buys every season. And on the other side of things, I got to experience the retail side of it and really interact with the clients, get an understanding of what their needs and wants were. Um, and then hunting season came into my life um, about halfway through my career at Intermix. Um, my best friend, Danielle, um, had just come back from a trip to Italy uh, where she interned for three months at Valentino. Um, in Rome under Maria Grazia, who's now with Dior, who kind of really gave her a, an amazing understanding of the accessories business. Mm -hmm. And um, she would visit the factories and really get an inside look at their design process, uh, which she was really inspired by and came back wanting to create a product for kind of a woman who appreciates luxury but values discretion mm -hmm. um, something that doesn't follow trends something that transcends time and you know where you're investing into heirlooms that can be passed down from generation to generation so not a rock stud bag no and not <laughs> one that has a, a huge logo written across from right. uh, across quiet luxury mm -hmm. quiet luxury exactly that was kind of our way of her way of thinking for from day one I was always inspired by her, by her story, and I really wanted to, you know, bring her vision to life in a, from a business perspective. And so I kind of uh, nudged my way into get her product into Intermix, which was the first retail store that kind of invested into the brand. Very nice. Um, and Intermix at that time was had a huge outreach. They were carrying the best brands. I mean, um, so good. it was a really great place to be at that time. And so it just felt like, you know, a natural transition for me to um, come on as her partner and really take over the operations and, you know, turning this kind of hobby into a real business. Mm -hmm. And for yourself, which is awesome. Yeah. I want to talk a bit about the transition, mm -hmm. you know, especially today now I feel like people want to go ahead and do other things, but they can't because maybe it doesn't pay as much or they don't have that much experience. And for you transitioning into fashion, an industry that is not always known for its 
great pay. Yeah. <laughs> did you have any challenges thinking about that transition? Did you ever feel like you were making the wrong decision? And what inspired you to want to continue to move forward in the realm of fashion? So interestingly enough, I made much more money working at Intermix than I did <laughs> wow. at the, the other position because I worked on commission. commission. Okay. And I had a really big book of business. I mean, I actually missed that Intermix paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> <Still>. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love no that. Way. That's, that's so great. To, very refreshing to hear. Yes. It's yeah. crazy though when you work on commission. It was yeah. the same thing for me. I started my career at Equinox and I, worked, yeah. I had a small base and all commission. It took me almost 10 years to mm-hmm. make that money again. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Wow. Yeah, and I always think like I'm doing this. I'm making this much money selling clothes. Yep. Like, you wow. didn't hear that a lot. Um, so that was, you know, in that regard, it wasn't so bad. It was actually, oh my god, now I have this cash to spend, <laughs> to spend on outfits, and it would all go back straight to Intermix. All everything that would make <laughs> would just funnel back, right back into the into the company because they, you know, at that time had an amazing selection of designers. They were carrying Lombon and Nina Ricci, and yeah. you know, it was it was a good. Good time, good times. I still have a lot of closet staples from my times at Intermix. <laughs> so and now, yeah. how did you get involved with Danielle? She was just a friend of yours socially, or were you together yeah. at Intermix? No, no. So Danielle, she bef- um, she also did some time at Barney's. She mm-hmm. worked in their studio services, which was also the place to be at that time. Mm-hmm. It was like where everybody would go to pull for big photo shoots. Right. And like, you know, so she met a lot of stylists and kind of people in the industry that way. But we met through a mutual friend. I went to college in Connecticut and my college girlfriend introduced us when we were both living in New York City. And she was like, oh, you guys should meet, you know. And it was just a natural, you know, partnership that yeah. happened um yeah were you scared to go into business with the best friend I mean I think you know you really want to understand the person and get to know them really well before you make that kind of step yeah mm-hmm. I think we've always had a, an amazing partnership because we have such different roles in the business mm-hmm. I think we always say we're the yin and the yang she really is like you know pioneers the vision for the brand, the aesthetics for the brand, how it's seen in the world, how everything piece is produced, every stitch, every detail, you know, that is her eye, her vision. And I do everything that doesn't have to do with that. So it's kind of like operations, sales, Sales. very much sales, um, you know, getting us into stores, marketing, a little bit of marketing, a little PR, a little schmooze, a little this. So it's kind of like collaborations, collaborations, a little bit of everything kind of executing her vision. Yeah. Yeah. Very yin and yang. I also work with my best friend, so I relate to the same thing. But also there are some times, I think, where you have to make decisions mm-hmm. and you might disagree. How mm-hmm. do you find that you deal with that versus dealing with it with an employee that you don't know so well? I think we, you know, we're grown women. We have families. We both have kids. I think we're really respectful of each other. Mm-hmm. I think we're really talk it out if we don't agree on something, you know, she talk, you know, she talks about why she thinks we should do this. I talk about why we shouldn't do this, and we kind of come to mutual like the we knock on wood haven't had that kind of a conflict where we're like uh, knock on wood, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I think we just know each other really well. We know each other's strengths and weaknesses, 
and we know how to like approach each other in a respectful manner where you know we kind of get our point across to each other and you know just like anybody you kind of hear both sides and move on to the next kind of challenge you're facing so and it makes yeah. those wins even better when you're able to do it with somebody that you really love it's one thing to him, like you know to love an employee that you work with but it's different when you're with a friend and when you can grasp those wins together it feels even bigger and even greater yeah um, absolutely it's awesome and i think you know above all things as long as the friendship does come first too and yes. exactly. respecting each other's yes. boundaries yes. um i think it could be a really amazing thing can you talk a little bit with us about the ethos and the mission of the brand? Yeah, of course. So the the mission is to, you know, create beautiful product that's not just beautiful, but has a little bit of a meaning behind it. You know, so we work with a lot of artisans um, that come mainly from Colombia. Uh, we really like to bring that kind of artistry from Colombia. There's so many great crafts people that are so amazing with their hands. So kind of bringing a little bit of their craft into a luxury product and really, you know, making it an heirloom. And so the ethos is, you know, to be a brand that is transcends trends. We don't follow any trends or seasons or, you know, just making product that um, feels relevant, will feel relevant in your wardrobe 10, 15, 20 years from now. Something that um, is more of a lifestyle than, you know, a something you see a celebrity wearing once and never again kind of a thing. So I think our mission is to continue to create products with a meaning and products that are thought out and kind of filling a missing niche in the market. Mm. It's it's so difficult, I think, to be a newer brand in the luxury space because yeah. there's so much controversy in ways that you have to deal with where they have not dealt with in the past. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate dealing with things like what luxury means in 2023 or the concept of gender and who mm-hmm. should wear what when you're creating your product? You know, we kind of feel like... You know, my husband wears a lot of... I throw bags on him all the time, and I'm like, it's real, man. Um, it's a good sounding board. Yes. yes. Um, but I think for us, it's been, you know, not much has changed in our ethos from the time the brand incepted to now. I think that we've always stuck to the same vision of creating things that are, you know... Uh, really in terms of gender our our product is so versatile that it feels like it could appeal to a 20 year old man that's going on vacation and wants to bring a weekender to an 80 year old woman that's you know wearing a clutch to a dinner that it's like the whole I think appeal of the brand is that it doesn't just cater to one type of audience it's just there's a vast you know, the collection is vast enough where it can, you know, hit the touch points for every kind of uh, person. So um, I think the fashion industry is constantly changing. And I think if you try to keep up and mold yourself into what, you know, other people are looking for, then you start to lose a bit of your kind of vision. And I think we've done a really good job to sticking to our guns and really moving towards what we believe in and what we want to create and not creating product just because, oh, 
you know, bucket bags are in now, so we got to make bucket bags or whatever it may be. So we kind of try to focus on ourselves and kind of drown out all the noise, the outside noise, because if you're constantly trying to keep up with the Joneses or whoever you're trying to keep up with, it's like you're going to drown, man, because somebody's always going to have something better, bigger, cooler, classier, whatever it may be. It's... We just focus on ourselves and kind of drown out all the like fashion noise and nonsense that kind of happens. Well, it helps also that you're mission driven, right? There's always like a strong ethos behind what you're doing and you could kind of just focus in on that and and I guess stay in your lane, although there's multiple different lanes. I still use my bag that you gave me two years ago all the time. It's like my favorite piece. It's a classic little belt bag. It's perfection. Are you still making that bag, by the yes, way? Yes, yes. I love yes, that bag. Yes, it's so yeah, good. It's a good one. Tap the leg. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Swipe up. Swipe up to shop. <laughs> no, it really is. It's such a it's such a great piece. Now, I know collaboration has been a huge part of what mm-hmm, you do. We mm-hmm. did a collaboration mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that it's become more and more important for uh, fashion brands to do this, to remain relevant, mm-hmm. and to kind of feed off of each other. So mm-hmm. what are some of the collaborations that you've done, and how do you choose the collaborations that you the collaborators that you work with? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the biggest collaboration we did, and I would say is the one that kind of put the brand on the map, um, is we did something for Carolina Herrera uh, about six years ago. Uh, It was her last year before Wes um, came on board as the creative director. So we, but she had already brought him on board to kind of um, consult on the new collection. And they wanted to bring some young energy into Carolina Herrera. So we created bags for the runway show, for her runway show, which was at the MoMA. Um, And that was a really kind of like exciting moment for us to see our bags on the runway at MoMA, Carolina Herrera, I mean, is a, you know, my partner is Latin American and I feel like as another female who's Latin American, who's this great, amazing designer. And it was just got a lot of coverage and a lot of press and the bags were really bright and colorful and striped, like her classic stripes. And um, I think that that was, you know, a really pivotal moment for our brand. Um, and then we did another one with Rosie Huntington, who is, um, a great muse for our brand. She's, you know, we love her. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. And she's so, you know, aesthetically so aligned with our brand that it was like a, you know, kind of really natural, um, collaborative effort. Um, and she had a beauty website, she has a beauty website called Rose Inc. Now it's turned into uh, her own line of makeup. Um, but I use her concealer, actually. It's oh, nice. very good. Yeah. I forget where I went to, not that this is about her. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yes, confirming everything you're saying. Yeah. Great, yeah. great. Obsessed. Yeah, yeah great so we created um, beauty products for her. Um, uh, beauty um, container, like a beauty bag and a cosmetic case. Um, and it was really uh, an amazing collaboration as well for us. We did something for Casa Cipriani, which was great. Super chic. Very chic travel collection um, and some home accessories. I actually just shipped some more refills of the home accessories for them. We try to align ourselves with people or brands that have been around for a long time and feel like heritage brands Mm -hmm. that have a rich history, that have, you know, our kind of same type of vision and mission that we do 
very timeless aesthetically. Um, that's why, like, for us, Cipriani, I thought, you know, it's such an old-school brand that's been around for ages. Like, you see the little man in his little 60, and you know that that's <laughs> you know Cipriani. Yeah. You know what it is, and I think they've always done such a great job with branding. So that was, like, again, a very natural... Um, and that lighter? That, yeah, that lighter is That great. lighter. I feel like I missed this. Oh, I, do we have... I think we still Yeah, have. I just shipped some more. You need actually, a lighter, actually. Yes, please, yes, we'll get you one for sure. <laughs> it's it's sure. so cute. Um, and didn't you do a bookmark for Edward Edinfo? Oh, we did. Come on, we that did. is very exciting. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. Um, we did Edward Edinfo, A Visible Man. Uh, we His did book. a book. We, he, he did a book and he had um, an opening, um, a party in the city in September. And we created the bookmarks for his parties and it has it was beautiful black leather and had his little glasses logo so um, chic and that was really nice and just a great you know alignment for our brand as well um he's a very he has a very inspiring story as well and it was very again not everything that's been happened in that retrospect in terms of collaborations has been such a natural kind of fusion of brands and people that it just it never felt forced and never felt you know so it's the way it's come together has been really great for us as mm. a brand hey my pearls since you're listening to this show i would assume that you are into all things self-betterment and what is better than being healthy which is why we've partnered with e-functional eFunctional is an online healthcare marketplace designed to meet the needs of today's busy and health-conscious consumers. With eFunctional, you gain access to fully certified, state-of-the-art laboratories right from your own home. Their partnership with top-notch laboratories allow them to offer a wide range of at-home laboratory tests from wellness and sexual health to food sensitivities and more. E-Functional is your trusted partner for accessible, accurate, and affordable healthcare testing. Visit their website at www.efunctional.com for more information and use our code OYSTA20, that's O-Y-S-T-A-20, for 20% off at checkout. And now you have no excuse to get your diagnostics on. You'll thank us later. With collaborations, I find out there are a lot of benchmarks for success. Yeah. How do you identify what yours is as a brand? You know, obviously, sales is a pretty <laughs> you strong, know, indicator. Yes, mm -hmm. strong indicator. That's the number one indicator. And then I would say Instagram and how, you know, it's seen in the world and, you know, kind of how, you know... Uh, not followers, but I would say how much engagement you start right, to get. Right, the shares, yeah. the likes. Yeah, and for us, it's, you know, I I have zero complaints about everybody that we've paired up with. I see it as a success for mm -hmm. us, yeah. It seems as though people are in the market for very special products right now mm -hmm. and at your company. How do you come up with that? I think we, you know, we do create unique pieces that feel whether it's because we're using a certain type of fiber or a certain type of material, they feel like, you know, special and interesting. Like we have this great style called the trunk bag and, you know, you see this bag and it's a very recognizable shape for us and it has like a certain closure and that is, you know, kind of our trademark hero piece that, mm -hmm. you know, we try to reinvent those pieces in different fabrications and different kind of materials. But, 
that still feel relevant and still feel like, you know, you're buying into something that's going to last and something that is going to, you know, something you, your daughter can wear, something your daughter-in-law can wear, in my case, because I have two boys. <laughs> I'm like, who's getting all these handbags? Yeah. Oh I guess gosh. my daughter-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> she better be nice. Oh, my God, they will be. Well, speaking of your children, you are a mom to two boys, as you mm. just said, which is no small feat. So running a business mm. and having two children, mm-hmm. how are you finding time to juggle all of this? And then on the flip side of that, how do you feel that motherhood has changed you in terms of running a business? It's hard. It's not easy. And the mom guilt is a real thing. Mm. It's, you know, it's something that it's like a little birdie sitting on your shoulder (laughs) kind of always like, you know, whispering in. But I think just carving out time to focus on work and that's my time to focus on work and then carving out time to focus on my family and that is my time that I focus on my family, you know, every day and uh, not engaging in work during certain hours, even though I want to, and kind of putting the phone away and being present in the moment with my kids. And I think that's something that I kind of try to do. And I know when I'm at work, I'm focused on work. I'm not like, you know, running around trying to go to a field trip or whatever else. Um, but, I, you know, sometimes I do. Some, like this week I went to a Mexican restaurant with my son for their Spanish trip in the middle of the day, which is, you know, I'm not going to miss out on certain moments with my kids. Yeah. Right. You know, it's all, you know, it's a shifting game all the time. To an extent time. you kind of have to wing it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Being a mother made me more motivated I really wanted to my boys to see a woman and a mom who's in, who's able to do both who's able to work and who's able to you know have kids and family and take care of her home um, again it's not easy it's always a kind of a roller coaster ride. Mm. Um, sometimes you feel like you're doing an amazing job. Sometimes you feel like you're doing a shitty job. <laughs> sometimes you feel like you're doing great in both. Sometimes you feel like you're doing great in one, shitty in the other one. So it's, I think, you know, if I'm honest with myself, I think that when I'm at work, I give my 100% at work. And when I'm home, I give my 100% to home. If I remember correctly, your mother immigrated here from Russia mm-hmm. with you and your sister mm-hmm. alone as a, yeah, as yeah. a single parent. Mm-hmm. How old were you? I was 11. I was 11. 11. Yeah. And what was that experience like? Do you have any fond memories of that time when it was just the, the three of you? Where did you move to? We moved to Connecticut. Um, I have some fond and unfond memories because (laughs) it was a very difficult move, I would say, for as an 11-year-old kid going into a new school, not speaking the language. We moved in August. I was at school two weeks later without speaking any English. It was a little traumatizing. I was also very overweight, and kids were really mean to me. I was, like, bullied so much. I mean, it was was years and years of bullying, Um, but... Up until from fifth grade to about eighth grade. But you know what? Like I look back at that and I think that it made me the person I am today. And I'm kind of like um, became stronger for it. And um, 
it wasn't easy for my mom at all. And I think, you know, she was in survival mode and really kind of trying to make a life for herself and for her kids. Um, but my, my older sister was always, you know, supportive and emotionally supportive. And um, so was my mom. And I think we kind of held each other down and got through it. And, you know... I'm very close with my mom and my sister both. My mom lives with me, uh, which is a blessing. She lives and with you, your mom? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. Just, yeah. Yeah. Is that incredible and also difficult? <laughs> um, I would say it's more incredible than it is difficult. Yeah. Um, We've well, been through a lot together. Yeah. 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 But how does it feel to be like imprinted in fashion, like modern fashion for your contributions right now? And I know you don't think of it often, but... The realities that you are. Um, how does that feel? And uh, what do you want your legacy to be? I mean, I, listen, I, anytime the brand is mentioned in a publication that I admire or a celebrity that, you know, whose style I love or, you know, even what, sometimes when I see people on the street wearing my bag and I'm like, oh my God. I feel like that would get me the most. Yeah. Like, like oh the regular God. person yeah. that didn't, yeah. the stylist just, didn't place yeah. that on them. Yeah. They went to the store, yeah. they picked that up. Yeah. yeah, and like, you know, you meet people. Like, I met somebody, this woman in my elevator, and she's like, is that a hunting season bag? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I how love. cool she knows about hunting And she season. had no yeah. idea. No, love. no. Um, so it's just, I think those type of moments are really like, wow. Um, and I think in terms of legacy, I, I want to be known for, as somebody who's a good human, who brought a little goodness into the world and not just by making a beautiful product, but product with a meaning to it, something that's contributing to the livelihood of other people as well. Um, something that is not, again, like trendy, something that you're not going to throw out after one season, something that is very much slow luxury and, you know, something for that woman that doesn't need that stamp of approval for the logo, doesn't need to know how much she spent on, like, you know, you you walk in a room and everybody knows what brand you're wearing and how much you paid for it. Um, So we want to create the opposite of that and kind of create something that's a bit more mysterious. And I was like, oh, what is she or he wearing? And where did they buy that? What is that? I want in on that. Yeah. Um, So in terms of legacy, um, I want to build a successful brand. Um, You're already doing that. Mm -hmm. And for it to be more than handbags, but lifestyle brand. Yes. uh, And expand into other categories i think my partner um has a great vision like i said and has um you know other things that we could be doing that will be great for the brand as well so just a couple of quick questions before Mm. we let you go what are the three things that you think about most every single day my kids (laughs) work and how do I make this face look a little younger and tighter? <laughs> new face. New face. That new face, baby. Yes, yes. If you had a warning label, what would it be? Cute but feisty. <laughs> she bites. Oh, my God. I just thought of one. What's yours? If you had a housewife's tagline, what would oh it be? Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Great one. What is it? Mm. 
I don't know, guys. <laughs> that's like a that takes some thought. I don't know. Let me think about that. Um, it's like my bark isn't as loud as my bite. No, hard. Oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was something very like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going off of the warning label. Oh my goodness. Um, if money were no object, what would you do? Mm. I would buy a lot of properties. I would buy land. Land, land, land. I would buy. I'm like watching. I've been watching Yellowstone, mm. and my partner Danielle has her family has an amazing ranch in Okeechobee, Florida. So I'm like, you know, land is something you can never have enough of. Um, also make money off that land. Yeah. <laughs> um, land, a, a house in Harbor Island, a, a villa in Italy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can name a lot of things <laughs> that I would do. With the whole a life of luxury, oh, yes. basically. Yes. <laughs> Only acceptable. If yes. you could do one dangerous thing for a day, no consequences, what would you do? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe jump out of an airplane. I mean, even I have a major fear of heights. I okay. don't know. Oh my god. I don't know if I could do it. My husband did it actually two years ago, and I was okay. like, "Oh my god!" I, I had to like stay in bed under the covers until oh, he came out. So I was so nervous. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, so cute. Well, the last question. There's a little precursor. Do you like oysters? I do. Okay. <laughs> How do you take your oysters? I take them with a little uh, horseradish mm -hmm. and a little bit of the, um, what is the tomato sauce called? Oh, oh God. Not cocktail. Cocktail sauce. Cocktail sauce. Cocktail yes. sauce. Yes. A little combo of both. Straight in. How do you take your oysters, IG? Lemon, horseradish, cocktail sauce. I love yeah. it. Okay, so what this about you? Uh, I like it all, but I need a little okay. mignonette. So I need the little bit of uh, acidity and I like to just. Same. Mm. I don't like caviar in it. No, I just no. Look at you with the caviar on the oysters. I didn't know that that was a traditional <laughs> Some people love it. I'm like, this is not. I can't. Yeah, I love yeah. a caviar though. No, me too. I me love too. me it a caviar. Uh, hash brown. <laughs> yeah, hash it's brown. Latka is amazing. Uh, Dorito with a little bit of creme fraiche, okay. or a potato chip with a little bit of creme fraiche. Mm. Okay, mm. never tried those. <laughs> I like a baked <laughs> potato or oh, a pasta yes. or a pasta. Oh yes, all the of those things. The pasta is yummy too. Mm, maybe we'll have to come back. Or the bellini with Bellinis. a little bit of caviar. Or a yeah, bag. Mm. yeah. Oh, look, we. I'm hungry for caviar. Thank you for watching. Bye! Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to World's Your Oyster. If you love what you're listening to, be sure to like, rate, and review this episode wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow us on Instagram at World's Your Oyster. And share this episode with a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Bye bye!